0: So retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History?
1: Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented.
0: On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town, On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin proof.
1: On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding.
0: And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. 10 minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner.
1: Welcome to You For F1's Sake, the podcast that is to Formula One, what McLaren Honda is to Formula One. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that's for
1: yeah. Welcome to You For F1's Sake, the Formula One show that won't move over for any other podcast, even when we're told to. No. No, 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 no. (laughs) Welcome to For F1's Sake, the Formula One podcast. No! (laughs) Welcome to For F1's Sake, the Formula One podcast that does to accurate, informative journalism what David Cameron does to pigs. Topical. I think it's disgusting. I'm Chica Ayres, and today we discuss a complete idiot that has absolutely no right to be on the track interfering with a race. But that's enough about Pastor Maldonado. We'll be talking (laughs) lunatics and a few more things from the Singapore Grand Prix. That's all to come. And joining me in the foyer of the National Theatre for reasons that are too complicated to go into.
3: Terry forgot we were recording and booked tickets to see it play.
1: And that voice you can hear is a motoring journalist that would happily refuse a team order in order to further his career. It is Phil Tromans.
3: That's not true at all. I'd do anything anybody told me to do if it meant I could get further in my career.
1: Phil, make us all feel bad about what we've accomplished in the world by revealing what you've done this week, please.
3: Well, this week I went to Venice to drive the new audi a4 as we can all imagine the canals of venice are the perfect place to drive a new uh, <laughs> a new luxury car and the car is very good
1: basically drives itself does that kill the joy of driving
3: well that's a big discussion in road cars at the moment because that is a danger you can literally just press a load of buttons and it'll follow the car in front of you at a distance and it'll
2: follow the road itself and can I ask what was the last one the last audi a4 it wasn't the audi a3 that's much bigger. It's about twice the size. No, the A3 is
3: smaller. <laughs>
1: oh, that sounds like a like a busy pack week. Well, that obviously
3: wasn't everything. I went from Venice to Frankfurt and went to the Frankfurt Motor Show, which is the world's biggest motor show. And there wasn't a huge amount of, of F1 related stuff there, but there were a few cars dotted around. But I, I went to the Honda stand, and they've got a new lot of sort of fun track day car that sort of loosely looks like a weird incarnation of a 60s F1 car, but isn't really. It's just done up in the same colours, uh, and that was quite interesting to look at. But what I thought was interesting, what do you suppose the centerpiece of Honda's rather impressive stand at the world's biggest motor show was? Bearing in mind they want to show off their their technology and their their reliability and how ahead of the game they are with the latest in technology.
2: It couldn't be their Formula 1 car.
3: It was the Formula (laughs) 1 car. It was the McLaren Honda. And what better way to to bring people in and celebrate the (laughs) genius of of Honda than... uh, by having what may be one of the worst Formula 1 cars ever created on display.
2: I find this kind of thing weird, because what they tend to do in advertising circles is presume that no one actually watches Formula 1. Because Lotus had a load of adverts with Microsoft last year going like, well, you need to win in Formula 1. Use Microsoft computers. And it's like, okay, now we're going to cut back to the race where they're <laughs> finishing 17th so maybe just people don't watch Formula 1. Well, I think that's pretty apt for Lotus because they've
3: sponsored by Microsoft and Microsoft have a reputation for crashing quite a lot. And let's not forget who drives for Lotus. Oh, is it
2: 1998?
3: <laughs> or, or any year since Pastor Maldonado
2: came in.
1: So let's have the man just walking along the side of the track. Excuse me, is that Terry Saunders?
2: It is me. Hi, everyone.
1: <laughs> what have you been up to, Terry?
2: Well, big week for me. I think you'll all be very proud of me. I've done a hill start in my driving lessons. Very So, you know, screw Frankfurt. <laughs> and I have, wait for it, passed my theory test.
1: Oh, big, that is
3: that is a big deal.
2: Yeah. So you know.
3: How many did you get wrong?
2: Um, I got one wrong in each section. Yeah, one was attitude, because just smashed the screen in. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked too many times on the hazard perception test.
1: That, yeah, I which, got that because they think you're cheating, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Mm.
2: So you saw too much danger. I just saw danger everywhere. And you know when you leave like an action movie in the cinema and you think you're James Bond? (laughs) When I walked out of the test centre, everything was a hazard. (laughs) I was just like clicking in my head.
1: I've had an exciting week. Um, I was, for the first time ever, a quiz master. And it was for our WI quiz. Basically, um, we were supposed to have a plumber come to give us a a talk about plumbing. And um, in the classic plumber style... He pulled out at the last minute. So, um, <laughs> uh, so
3: I stepped in. Oh, is this unnecessary smart.
1: <laughs> so I stepped in.
3: I don't get it. We we'll watched yeah. some British movies from the 70s. <laughs> oh.
1: So uh, I stepped in and I was quizmaster. master. And so I wrote the day before, I wrote a quiz all about women so I could ask some questions. Uh, yeah, so I had loads of different rounds and one of them was um, lady maths. So we had a. Uh, I, don't whether, I don't know whether you want to attempt. One of the questions. Okay, go on. Because I wrote it down, you know. So you have to add the total number of Spice Girls in 1999 to the total number of sugar babes ever times by the number of ovaries that a normal woman has. Okay, Yep. Add it to the year that Jessica Ennis was born. 2006.
2: 2008,
1: 2008. I think maybe you just didn't have quite enough sugar babes.
2: Hang on, how many ovaries?
1: What? <laughs> How many others? <laughs> two. Oh, I had, oh, I had zero. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, first of all, we should probably talk about the Track Invader. Probably the most exciting thing that happened during the race.
3: Wasn't, there were some some exciting things, but that was, uh, we haven't had that for a while. At least not since earlier this season uh, at China during practice. But we haven't had one in a race for ages.
1: Not since 2003, I think. Yes, yeah, so it was the, the mad,
3: kilted priest flapping his way down the street to be um, fair
1: this one was quite a let down compared to well that.
3: this was a really weird one because it wasn't it just seemed like he just got drunk on his way home and it was just like oh I will go and have a look at the cars just with great <laughs> Instagram uh, and he just kind of bimbled in and walked around a bit and took a couple of
2: pictures and then hopped over a fence again I think he's got an Apple Watch because if you've got an Apple Watch you have to stand up every hour otherwise it's bad for your health so I reckon he was just sat in a grandstand, his watch went off, said he'd got to stand up. And he was like, well, go about that way, it's going to be a queue. So I just walked <laughs> to the next chicane, and I've done my minute. Apple Watch happy.
1: No well, what was weird is they said, oh, it was because a gate was left open with, with uh, no security guard there. But not everyone is clamouring, like, trying to get out. Uh, Do
3: you know yeah, what I mean? I mean, there's, there's not having enough security, and then there's obviously not walking onto a track in the middle of a blooming race. I mean, the guy's clearly a fool. Singapore's maybe not the best place to be a fool because they have some quite stringent laws and all sorts of things. I think it's like if you chew gum in the wrong place, they fire you out of a cannon or something. So I dread to think what's going to happen.
2: I just say, just because there's an open gate, would you walk through it? I mean, I'd pose that question to our Prime Minister, David Cameron. (laughs) (laughs)
3: It's just too easy. Um, So a random guy jumped on. Thankfully nothing happened, but we, we, we have seen, admittedly not in recent years, but we've seen going way back the danger that people on the track during a race can cause. There was a horrible incident in the 70s which killed the driver and a marshal and nobody wants to see that again. Quite rightly, they brought out the safety car and everything was slowed right down.
1: OK, so let's talk about what we predicted last week. I think mainly wrote it down because Glad somebody remembers. I came closest oh. for the first time ever. Oh,
3: this is why you remember.
1: I know, I know. So you said, Phil, you said Hamilton to win, Rosberg uh-huh. in second. <laughs> but you did say the Red Bulls might do quite well. But you said Fiat uh-huh. not Ricardo. Well, so,
3: yeah, I mean, Fiat had been doing quite well, but he, he was uh, he was slightly eclipsed by Ricardo.
1: And Terry, you said Mercedes would crash.
2: Kind of did. Crashed in our opinions.
1: Ricardo would win. But you said that you thought both McLarens would get points.
2: They've got bullet points (laughs) in the next meeting of how to recover McLaren. Looking back now, it
3: just seems crazy that we ever thought McLaren could get in the points, doesn't it?
1: But I said that Raikkonen would be on the podium. I never said he'd be grateful, but I did say he be on the podium.
3: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> he, he, he never said he'd be
2: happy about it.
1: And you said that he would be inconsistent, but actually he wasn't. Third in qualifying, third in the final.
2: Well, who could have thought what would have happened this week, really? I mean, apart from you, obviously. Um, <laughs> I thought it might be a little bit closer because the fact that I mean,
3: a large part of Mercedes' previous dominance is because of engine power, which on a small, smaller track like Singapore is not quite such a such a thing. But I had no idea that they would be so... I mean well not rubbish I mean they were still running fourth and fifth which is pretty good but it's compared to where they were the rest of the season it was. I don't think anybody saw that I don't think even Ferrari saw that I heard Vettel saying that, that they thought they were, might be sandbagging over the weekend but uh, yeah it turns out they just couldn't get their tyres to heat up properly
1: so that was the reason that was the reason qualifying why they
3: were as is my understanding yeah I mean I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a technical reason as to why they couldn't get it to work um, Toto Wolff said that somewhere during the decision making process they went the wrong way at one of the junctions and they had to look back and see what yeah. that was but uh, I think it was the junction where they said should we get the tyres to work and they went with no which in retrospect was probably the wrong choice
1: okay so let's move on to the race let's start off with Mercedes um, so Rosberg Really capitalize on Hamilton's only retirement of the year so far.
2: I know. I mean, come on. I mean, obviously, this cars have been a bit slow this weekend. But at the same time, you would think that the one race where Hamilton's car buggers up would be the same race where Rosberg wins. And it's like, even when Hamilton's unlucky, he's managed to be lucky. This isn't the Hamilton we're used
3: to. In fairness to Rosberg, it just did seem like the car was a bit rubbish, and he finished fourth behind the I mean the Ferraris were so much quicker than anybody else particularly Vettel Ricardo did very well to, to stay behind him and I, I mean w- what else could Rosberg have done really he wasn't looking like he was going to be able to stick to the back of either of the Ferraris Hamilton was beating him comfortably all weekend even though he was never getting up in amongst it either so I think once Hamilton went Rosberg
2: did basically about as well as he could have done but he was just invisible in the race again you know you want him to be like right
1: yeah, but on Something's that happened. track, though, it's difficult to overtake. Yeah, but you could Except have tried. Happened, which we'll go on to later. Oh, all right. Well,
3: it's, especially when, when your car's not quick enough. Uh, I mean, even after two safety cars, he still finished 24, 25 seconds behind
2: Vettel. So he just clearly didn't have the pace. Okay, maybe I'm not talking about, like, speed of the cars or race strategy. <laughs> I'm talking more about Hamilton's radio messages. He sounds like he's going to win it. Rosberg just sounds like he's like, um, yeah. Um, what time does the garage shut? Because <laughs> I'm just thinking on the way home, I need to pick up some uh, Haribo. Well, Hamilton sounded
3: like that up until the point when his when his car stopped working, and then he almost immediately was like, "This isn't working. Nothing's no, working. No, Everything's Hamilton rubbish."
1: Afterwards, was like, "Yeah, no, but I thought I was going to win." But he wasn't. Yeah, after, he was afterwards
3: he said that. But during yes, the race, did he hear him? As soon as there were problems, he was like, "No, it's not working. It's not working. Nothing's going to work. We might as well just retire the car. I might as well just go. Everything's rubbish."
1: But what I mean was, why was he being like, "Oh, I'm going to win"? He wasn't going he was in fit he's, well, he's, he was like oh yeah no it was the clutch but it wasn't for that
3: in fairness he's got form in winning <laughs> he's kidding. been doing quite well with the wins <laughs> lately so you can understand why he had a load of confidence but I mean it, it seemed pretty clear from the first lap basically that neither of the Mercedes were going to get anywhere near the Ferraris because I mean Fettel particularly just flew off into the distance so uh, we'll have to see because there were numerous sort of updates coming in uh, various different cars and we'll have to see in, uh, in Japan whether this was just a weird freak marina bay quirk i suspect that 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 in the next race things will be back to normal again this was just a weird blip
2: no my prediction is they won't be my prediction is that they have been fitting their tires so badly for the rest of the season and somehow through ways that i can't quite explain because i don't (laughs) understand that makes their cars really fast and now they haven't now they've got air in their tires it's not fast so am i going too quick here
1: (laughs) I'm, I'm a bit lost now. Well,
2: this, this was a
3: temperature thing, I think, rather than, than a pressures thing. This was Mercedes just not being able to put heat into their tyres. Maybe
2: that's it. Maybe before they had some kind of toaster element <laughs> in their tyres. <laughs> heating from within. <gasps> They've been heating their tyres from within. That's not allowed. Like a little inside tyre blanket.
1: Good point.
2: That's a great fucking idea.
1: Good. Okay, well, right. we'll uh, we'll let To the patent know. office. Um, so let's move on to Ferrari. Vettel, absolutely. I mean, he, he wins a lot of that track, doesn't
3: he? It was eerily familiar of a couple of years ago, wasn't mm. it? it was, the, the race starts, Vettel disappears into the distance, stays there. I mean, for, in the first lap, three seconds ahead. Ridiculous. In one lap. And stayed there the whole time Even a couple of safety cars that reeled him back in At one point Ricardo was like oh, I'm going to get you with his big smiley face And then never got anywhere near him And, and they the, came back And he even changed his helmet again Which isn't even allowed It was less like being back at the Red Bull days Except he was in a red suit A finger came out it was, it was old times again It was completely dominant so, by, uh, by seven
1: So Raikkonen did very well as I said Coming third But he, he had every chance to, to catch up And he didn't, so maybe he's just not as good as he used to be.
2: There was something really sad about him sat in that room before the podium where the camera just slowly zoomed in on him. I think he had a crisis of confidence. I think he sat there going, I'm on the podium. This should be where I'm happy, but I'm not feeling happy. Maybe I need to go and, I don't know buy a bookshop in in Rill to see if I can do something different.
3: I we are
1: sat just by a bookshop. I mean, maybe it's inspiring. Now you can see
2: how my
3: brain works. <laughs> I think it shows that um, even though he's got a world championship loads of fans like him, I personally don't think Reiken is that good. I know that's controversial, and I'm sure we'll get literally a couple of tweets saying, "Oh, I
2: don't agree." I've been saying that all year. Yeah, but you don't like anybody on record. I do, apart from Nigel Mansell. <laughs> I love that. Oh, love Nigel Mansell this week. His Twitter again is amazing. Sorry, um, but no, I've been saying all year time for him to go you might be right I mean he, he didn't balls it up and
3: he did a solid job in a, in a quick car but he was nowhere near Vettel and I think it shows that he's not a top level driver in the way that Hamilton and Alonso and Vettel are you know he did his normal sort of yes it's good to be on the podium but he uh, looked like a wax statue through the whole podium ceremony number two driver
1: and let's also talk about the behaviour of the Ferrari team after the race
3: I missed this what, was the, what do they do well, I'm, I missed the actual incident, but uh, from what I understand, the, uh, the, the mechanics uh, after the race, when Park Ferme was set up, we're not allowed to go in and touch any of the cars until they've been inspected by the, uh, the powers that be. Uh, they, 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 they didn't, they
2: didn't shove, put their knobs in the car.
3: Did they, they didn't put their knobs in the car, no. They, they, they apparently rushed the barriers and uh, pushed past security officials, and in their, in their revelry, at, uh, at the joy of, uh, of the, the, the Italian national anthem or something. And there was a, they, were, they were hauled before the stewards to explain themselves and they had to apologise.
2: Well, this has got precedent because in the, I think it was the 70s or the 80s, it became a tactic that when the drivers would kind of hug all their mechanics, the mechanics would slip them lead weights and, like, into their pockets of the overalls. And then when they got weighed at the weigh-in after, the, the car and driver combined was heavy enough to pass the minimum requirements. So that's why they're not allowed really to be kind of go past that barrier. But like if they if they were kind of all over the place and someone like shoved a bag of sugar at the the airbox <laughs> <So.
3: laughs> Are you suggesting that somebody uh, somebody inserted something into a place where they shouldn't have inserted it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: And just a reminder that Prime Minister's question Stop time it. this week is on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Williams, have you got much to say about them? Matter of course didn't finish, retired after hitting Holkenberg. <laughs>
3: When I initially saw it, I was convinced that there's no way Hulkenberg could have seen him as he came out of the pits. And that it was just a racing incident and that Hulkenberg wouldn't have seen him. Massa didn't really have anywhere to go and that was that. But then they interviewed Hulkenberg and he was like, yeah, yeah, I saw him. Which made me think, well, where did
2: you think he was going to go then? What I can recommend is that Nico Hulkenberg goes on a hazard perception awareness (laughs) test. Because I tell you, I would have clicked that button several
3: times when Massa was coming out the pits. I thought it was a racing incident, but it seems that it was Hulkenberg's fault. And it's a bit of a shame for Massa, who's been on a bit of a roll lately. They did all right. Bottas was fifth. It's not bad. Have not really,
2: them and McLaren kind of swapped places? They're kind of doing all right, but not great. And McLaren are doing shit. And a couple of years ago, they were doing all right, but not great. And Williams are doing shit. So really, just British industry dying. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so on that the note, Prime let's
1: Minister move involved. on to Red Bull. Uh, Ricardo, of course, was in second. Kvyat in sixth.
3: Very good from Ricardo. Yeah, Um, I've I've been wondering in the last couple of races, "Mm, maybe Kvyat's the new golden boy uh, because he's been doing really well. But Ricardo looked really good, good all through the weekend, stuck it on the uh, on the the uh, front row of the grid and stayed there and I mean never really clocked close to Vettel but the car didn't look I anywhere did, near was, as fast he
1: was, he, was, he was like creeping up on him wasn't
3: yeah, there he yeah was, there was a period after Vettel sort of zoomed into the distance and then sort of slowed down and was ba- I think he was just so fast that he was you know he was texting and he was on Instagram and driving with his knees and that's why he slowed down a bit as soon as Ricardo got anywhere near him he was zooming off again he never looked like he was going to get him um, uh, I think they did very well considering you know the state of the engine and Uh, maybe maybe there is truth in the in the uh, the suggestion that the car itself is actually pretty good and it's just the the, you know the high speed where it's been let down
2: yeah i think ricardo got unlucky with the safety cars i think if the man hadn't gone on the track maybe he'd have been a bit closer
1: okay well let's go on to lotus maldonado in 12th and um grosjean didn't finish but classified as 13th because he did more laps than the manners
2: yeah what happened with grosjean so he he went off near the end didn't he then he just went into the pit. Was it one of those retirements where they go, just just come in because we're, we're bored?
3: <laughs> it, it, did, it did seem like he just fizzled out. There was a bit towards the end when he got overtaken by Nazar and I thought, oh, that's a good move by Nazar. He's on a bit of a flyer because they were fighting over 10th place the last point. Uh, and Nazar got past him and then Ericsson got past him and then he retired. And it made me think, oh, maybe it was just cars
2: was breaking and they just come on in. Yeah, we're bored. Or do you reckon they just ran out of money? They were just like, look, we've, we're so close to the bone that we can't afford to put enough fuel in the car for the race. So, you know, just do stuff. I mean, we've underfilled to because he's not going to get past the lap. And then if you can just, you know, go to the end of the race, do something impressive, and then we'll just go and sack it off. Well, they'd had a bit of a cash injection. Uh, did, you, did you notice
3: uh, Grosjean's unusual overalls this weekend? Yes, he had Xbox stuff all over everywhere, didn't he? Yeah, so he clearly got a bit of money in from Xbox, but maybe it just ran out with a lap to go.
2: Well, if there's anything like me on the Xbox Formula 1, then he probably just got really annoyed and reset the whole console.
1: Of course, it was pretty exciting when um, Maldonado got in a bit of a tangle with Button, had a bit yeah. of a scrap. What did, you, what did you think of that?
3: Well, tradition would dictate that we all lambast Maldonado for being him. I, I was, watched it I a couple of times, and I'm not entirely convinced that it wasn't Button's fault. Button was cracking one-liners all over. That he'd written a comedy routine for this race. It was brilliant. We should get him on the podcast. It looked to me like Button just ploughed into the back of
2: him. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like, it's like a think crime. Mm. But if you're right behind Maldonado, you probably want to give him a bit of space because he's likely to do something stupid. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do something stupid, even though in this instance I think he did do something stupid. So, I don't know. I think Button just didn't need to put himself in danger there, and he did. But, you know the option was to try and overtake Maldonado or carry on driving a McLaren Honda. And to be honest, neither of those is particularly Nice <laughs> arrangement, you know. And if he is getting this top gear job, maybe he had maybe just had him set taped it to his dashboard. Go right, here's Maldonado. Right now, I get to do my mental line. They <laughs> want to tweet about it, podcast to talk about it. It's all a sham. Was this the equivalent of a footballer sort of tripping themselves up in the penalty
3: area where somebody else comes anywhere near them? Yep,
1: but it was announced on Sunday that Maldonado will be racing for Lotus for another year, so we're guaranteed crashes.
2: Yeah, this is a worry for Lotus because they announced this at like three in the morning or something. in this way of going look we're really embarrassed <laughs> I hope no one notices but we've had to sign him again so I think because of the huge amount of money he brings from the Venezuelan government I think if they'd have not signed him then they had to pay a bunch of money Loach obviously in a lot of trouble money wise so they've gone okay we'll just have you another year because we can't afford not to have you fuck
3: we might touch on this a little bit later but uh, i wonder if they've just announced it because they're not entirely convinced that they're going to be around next year because we all know they've got so many problems maybe they're just like oh yeah 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 absolutely uh, pastor
2: yeah that's yeah you'll definitely be in next year just give us the money that would be good because it would mean that Maldonado can't drive anywhere else <laughs> they're doing it as a kind of a service to the sport just like going, oh it's
1: all right yeah he's with us okay let's move on to toro rosso terry even Hi. you could not be impressed by Verstappen this weekend.
2: Right, I'm going to say something shocking here. Um, I, I missed the start of the race because of a little family outing that got on my nerves. And I got back and I was on WhatsApp with you guys saying, what have I missed? And you were like, oh, Verstappen stalled at the start. It's like, okay, well, he's back in eight or something. That's pretty good. Well done, blah, blah, blah. Then when I watched the start on the highlights, I presumed he'd stalled on the start and then just got away at the back. Not that he'd had like a whole lap of going into the pits and being hoisted up on the jacks, then starting and then zipping round. Okay, immediately a couple of safety cars, but I was for the first time this year fiercely impressed with the way he had a tantrum at the end of the race.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was excellent, wasn't it? That
2: was awesome. I, I, I don't think we
3: should let that over, over too much overshadow the fact that he... What a. Oh, he's, he's increasingly becoming my favourite driver. What a boy. It <laughs> he was just brilliant. You know, he was literally, as everybody else was flying around and Vettel was pulling out his enormous lead, Verstappen was literally being pushed by a load of marshals. And by the end of the race, he was, he was in the points and he was overtaking people. And uh, yeah, what a legend. What did we all make of the, the team orders situation?
2: I just think we understand why they told him to let signs through. My understanding
3: was that Verstappen had been having a go at Perez and hadn't got anywhere, and they wanted science to have a go. But then Verstappen's logic was that, well, all right, you know, if he can catch me up, then I'll let him pass But uh, but he didn't catch him
2: up, and Verstappen was like, "I'm not going to let him pass just for the sake of it." Yeah, I don't see. It. I think after a drive like that, you just want to keep your place. I, I can. I'm totally with him for disallowing it, but at the same time what a terrific tantrum that was a classic teenager saying you're not allowed to go out tonight the way he threw his toys out of the pram
1: <laughs> almost
2: brought out a third safety car in debris on the track it was literally just the way he just went
1: no okay right let's move on to force india you're not my dad perez in seventh hulkenberg crashed with massa of course
3: hulkenberg nearly got clobbered by perez on lap one where somehow perez did you see that you were probably still out terry but there was the moment where i was listening
1: where... i didn't have sky so i was on five lives, oh. So i had bits of tennis in there it's
3: that sounds awful. I was, uh, I was, I was watching live, and, uh, and there was a moment where uh, Perez nearly smashed into him in a corner, which would have been horrifically embarrassing for both of them. Then Hülkenberg got smashed into Massa, so that was the end of that. I thought it was kind of solid but unremarkable by Perez. I mean, he stayed out of trouble mostly, but he was never really in contention for anything more. He sort of battling to keep the Toro Rossas behind him towards the end, and uh, I don't really have any much to say about it.
1: I don't think I really noticed Perez at all. Who? There we go. Let's move on to McLaren then. <laughs> what utter carnage oh this weekend dear was!
3: God in heaven, Terry. You seem like
2: the kind of guy that will have a, a level-headed opinion about all this. Doesn't Jensen Button have the air of a man who is working his notice? <laughs> like you know, when you've, had, you've got a month left in a job, you've handed in your notice and you just start, you know, turning up late, stealing things, <laughs> fingers in the till, that kind of thing. They have totally screwed him over all year. And I bet every night when he walks away from the track, his pockets are full of paper clips. It's more full us, really, for all year, listening to McLaren going, oh, in the next couple of races, there's going to be, whoa, something amazing happening. Yeah. And then the last few months, it's been, oh, well, you know, these high power tracks aren't good for our shitty engine. But Singapore, holy shit, we're going to just be fucking stupendous at Singapore.
1: But we all there. waited.
2: We, we did, all waited. I, I believed it. I really thought, I'm going to wake up on Friday morning, I'm going to see the practice results, and it's going to be like, Alonso first, button third. And it was just like, oh, no, they're not. Because <laughs> do you know what? They've got a shitty car with a shitty engine and two drivers that are shittingly bored. And the whole team is bored. They're all fucking weeping. They're all they're all on LinkedIn updating their profiles just in case. Right? It's, it's carnage. It's... <laughs> it's going to be like Williams it's going to be years in the doldrums they're running out of money they've said they haven't got sponsor again for next year they're, they're worried about that they're, they're going to have less prize money everything is fucked at McLaren what was interesting about this
3: is the things that went wrong and the reasons they were slow was it wasn't even the engine the, uh, button button had a gearbox problem didn't he after his 40 second pit stop I can't even remember why Alonso why did Alonso retire
2: I can't even remember it was another gearbox thing, but that's why, because they come into the pits and everyone's on their laptops like looking at job sites.
1: OK, well, on that optimistic note, what about Sauber? Nasser in 10th and Ericsson 11th?
3: At one point, I thought Nazer had pulled off an impressive pass, but it turned out it was on a car that was breaking down. He got a point. That's pretty good. I've been expecting a bit more from them, considering the engine they've got all season, but uh, they've been a bit a bit underwhelming.
1: Let's move on to Manor and their new driver, Alex Rossi.
3: Yes, nine-time MotoGP champion, Alexander Rossi. Is yeah. it? No, that's the that's different Rossi, that's as Valentino well, cause, Rossi Because that's what I thought, I thought that was him Do you not follow MotoGP particularly no, why, closely? Why should I? Shit No, of course it's not Valentino Rossi It's, uh, it's former oh, status well, quo you. guitarist no, Francis Rossi Funny, funny
2: I, I'm a purist in Formula mm. 1 Which means I don't watch anything else <laughs> When a driver comes into Formula 1 I don't want to know his backstory This is like Game of Thrones here yeah? I, I just want <laughs> him to come in and impress me Did he impress me? <laughs> not really <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, were you
3: excited at least to have uh, have, a, have a new American? I mean, the first American since... Can, actually, can you remember
2: the last American we had? Scott Speed. Scott Speed.
1: He beat Stevens in his first race. Well, that's not
2: hard, is it? <laughs> Stevens probably was trying to sell the tyres out the back, wasn't he? <laughs> not, I can get, I get a deal of four used Prodi tyres, mate. 20, 20 quid. 20 quid to you.
3: I thought we did all right, considering he only found out on the Tuesday before the race that he was going to be racing. He hasn't tested that car at all. He had a little bit of a blip in first practice where they were all like, "We're all, we're all with you, Alex. This is it. This is your big chance." And he goes out and immediately bins it into the wall in first practice. But he beat Stevens in the race, he and you finished.
0: know, Porter, he
3: finished eh? the race. He kept out of trouble. He brought it home in uh, in fifteenth with Stevens behind him. I mean, can't can't really expect him to do much better than that, can you? In a in a car that's basically a go kart.
2: Yeah, no, no, fair play to him, and he's got the number fifty three. And do you know why he's got the number fifty three? He's number fifty three because of uh, of the love bug. Herbie, do you not remember the love bug? No. Oh, my God. It was a film in which a Volkswagen Beetle, that was a racing car, that I think had some special petrol put in it, like Prime Minister spunk or something, and
3: he came to life. He's a lovable, self-aware, goes back to the Audi A4 I was talking about earlier, self-driving car. Um, and apparently Alex Rossi, even though he's probably younger than you, uh, is a big fan, and that's why he took the number 53. <laughs>
1: So in a minute we are going to bring you news, but first of all we have your questions. Let's start off with your questions from Facebook first of all. Andreas Lafors asked, has the crash thing been taken too far, with him being blamed for button running into the back of him?
3: No, and uh, no, he's a lunatic.
1: Okay, and then let's move on to one for Terry from Gavin Brown over Twitter, said, What has happened to another F1 podcast website? It was dormant for ages, and now it's suddenly posting Japanese wisdom.
3: What? what what's another F1 podcast?
2: This was a podcast I used to be involved with, and um, for a long time, the, pod, the website was allowed to go into a state of disrepute. But at the start of this season, when we were starting this podcast, I decided to let Honda take over the management <laughs> of the website, and... Uh, it's not going very well right now, but they've assured me by the end of the year it's going to be the best website on the internet.
1: So if you have your own question, please tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're FF1S. So Phil, have you got news for us this week?
3: I have. There's been loads of news. I've had to be very selective about what, uh, what I'm talking about. But let's start off with Renault, who are probably out of here. They've, uh, they've said that the, uh, the concept of, uh, of, of being an engine supplier is really not their bag. Uh, this was made by uh, the, the boss of uh, Renault at the Frankfurt Motor Show. Nice little callback
2: there. At my theory test, some guy also had a Renault. Uh,
3: so yeah, <laughs> so Renault has said, I, I think basically because of the... Well, not at all basically. It's exactly because of, uh, of Red Bull's treatment of them that they're, they're fed up of being an engine supplier. And they've basically said, right, unless we buy Lotus and have our own team again, we're, we're gone. We ain't doing this no more. So we will wait to see what happens with that, which brings me on to the second... Uh, point, which is with Lotus, they are in all sorts of financial nonsense, and they've had to go to court because they haven't been paying their taxes. Best part of a million pounds that they owe Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, um, and their hearing has been adjourned until September the twenty-eighth. So, depending on when you hear this, uh, something might have happened by then. They have to sort themselves out, or well, they face being put into administration,
2: which would not be good for anybody. Well, it's good to know they've handled their finances about as well as Maldonado's handled their car.
0: Ooh, satire.
2: We've already
3: discussed <laughs> that uh, things are so bad that they've confirmed Maldonado for next year. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with all that. It's not happy times at Lotus, and they've, they've had a lot of success not as Lotus, but as, as the Endstone team when they were Renault. They've had world championships, so I hope they manage to get it sorted out one way or the other. Of course, with Renault going, this could mean something new for Red Bull and the rumour of the moment touted by Noah, none other than Eddie Jordan is that we're going to see Volkswagen come in uh, as an engine supplier from 2017-2018.
1: Have they ever done it before?
3: Only Herbie the love bug. <laughs> I don't think he quite conformed to Formula 1 specifications though. Uh, VW is a group... As far as I can think, off the top of my head, having not researched this as much as I should have done, hasn't been in before. Well, the the, the suggestion is that the the, the branding will be Audi. Porsche did do some engines for McLaren
2: in the late 80s.
3: That's a very good point. Uh, so, so, yes, if we're, if we're looking at the group as a whole and the various, different, uh, the various different marks that are within there, then, yes, they have to Lamborghini also uh, supplied engines. Bugatti did a load of racing back in the day, although i will be very surprised if they pick Bugatti as an engine, although it would be awesome, but they won't. Um, no, it seems very likely that it'll be the Audi brand that sits in the VW group that will be the, uh, the one they go for. So, so, just for the sake of
2: other people who might not understand, not me, what are all the brands <laughs> in the VW group?
3: So the VW, there's a lot of them. It's uh, VW, Audi, Bugatti, Lamborghini, Skoda, Ducati, which is an outside bet. Porsche, did I say Porsche? That's all the ones you need to know about, but it's almost definitely going to be Audi. This rumor has been flying around for ages, but the fact that it's Eddie Jordan saying, no, this is definitely happening, love him or hate him, he is very often right, and he's extremely well connected, so this could actually be a thing. However, just today the Volkswagen group has just been royally busted for cheating on emissions tests for its road cars in the US where it's had a little device to mm. make them seem cleaner than they are and they are facing a monumentally large fine so we'll, we'll wait and see whether that has any implications on things
2: Well I think it has a great implication because it means they're really getting into the spirit of how to make a <laughs> Formula
3: 1 car <laughs> This is very true, maybe they're, just getting in, uh, they're they're just getting their cheating skills in early <laughs> going back to Lotus, we might be seeing the end of Grosjean. He apparently is 99% certain to go to Haas for next year. This is the new American team that's coming in and uh, Joe Sayward, esteemed uh, Formula 1 journalist a proper journalist, uh, says he's going to be joined by Esteban Gutierrez uh, This will be because apparently Grosjean is, uh, is signing a deal with Ferrari who are likely to be supplying Haas's engines and he would be sort of get that seat as part of the deal with the idea that he'll graduate to a proper Ferrari seat in the future
2: I approve of all that. I like Grosjean. Have you any particular thoughts of him driving for an American team? You've got to feel for him in a way, because all that promise from Lotus a couple of years ago, and now that's all kind of disappeared up the financial shitter. And I think, yeah, take the
3: leap where you can. Leap for Ferrari. If Grosjean does go to Haas, that would leave a space at Lotus, if Lotus continue to exist. And the candidates that are rumoured to fill that could be Sergio Perez. Richard Branson. Could be Richard Branson. <laughs> a lottery winner. Those are all... Pretty much equally exciting possibilities. But uh, rumours include Sergio Perez, possibly Jolien Palmer, who's their test driver, which would leave a space at forms. India, which could be filled by Kevin Magnussen, or perhaps Pascal Wehrlein, who's Mercedes' up-and-coming young thing.
2: But then also, the other thing breaking today, Button's likely to retire, we think.
3: Yes, Button is, uh, is, according to the Telegraph and lots of rumours, Button is going to announce uh, at Japan that he's out of here. And frankly, could any of us blame him? exactly
2: but who's McLaren going to take on in his place they've got like three kids from fame the kids from fame they don't share the drive <laughs> aren't they a bit old by now well you know money um,
3: <laughs> it'll probably be um, uh, either Stoffel Van Dorn or Kevin Magnuson depending on what happens in other places. Kevin Magnus obviously (laughs) got experience, but Stoffel van Dorn has been kicking ass in GP2 and looking very good.
2: And really, Stoffel van Dorn is a fucking
3: terrific name.
1: Um, And finally, Phil, should wind tunnels be banned?
3: Uh, Well, this is a discussion that uh, was had by the F1 strategy group, Uh, the idea being that wind tunnels, which are hugely expensive and used to hone the aerodynamics of the car, should get the boot uh, in favour of more computational fluid dynamics, or CFD use, with the theory being that they'll be much cheaper and in the spirit of making everything cheaper it doesn't look like it's going to happen because uh, the strategy group didn't vote on it
2: which generally means that it ain't going nowhere but it was an interesting discussion to have basically probably honestly Formula 1 should ban wind tunnels but the people they're asking are people who have spent millions of pounds building wind tunnels (laughs) that's like saying to me do you really want those shelves in your kitchen I'm like yeah I'm going to fucking have the shelves in my kitchen are you going to have the shelves in your kitchen I've I've already put them up
1: which brings us nicely onto Terry on the state of F1
2: I'd like to talk this week about Red Bull basically talking themselves into the shitter. (laughs) So, over the last couple of years, Red Bull, as we know, have won lots of everything and they've done rather well. And this year, they have been moaning so much about the Renault engines they've got in their car that they are now at the position where they don't have an engine for next year and they may have to take a year old Ferrari engine which means Renault are fucked until this Volkswagen, Audi group thing takes over but that means Audi making a new engine which we've seen from Honda, is going to it's going to take a few years, so Red Bull are pretty much resigning themselves to being midfield for a while and this is my problem with F1 this week, which is We have been for years moaning collectively as fans about how people in Formula 1 sound like press releases, they don't have an opinion, they just say, well, actually, we went out in practice, and it was very good, and I'm I'm really happy that I'm a Formula 1 driver, and there's no feeling or anything. And then Christian Horner has some feelings all year about their shitty engine, and we lambast them for it. We'd say, no, you shouldn't be so angry about it to Renault, you should be nicer to them. Well, do you know what? For once in my life, I'm going to come out on the side of Red Bull and say they may have screwed themselves, But actually, good on them. Good on them for for absolutely ruining their prospects. Good on them for making a a huge financial loss (laughs) because they've absolutely screwed over what they're saying in the press and Mercedes won't touch them with a barge pole. And Honda... Well, Honda, fuck Honda. But um, Ferrari want to give them (laughs) year-old engines just to piss them off. And all because they spoke their mind. And frankly, if that's not British, what else is?
1: (laughs) Excellent. So, Terry, on the Terry Saunders scale, where is F1 this week?
2: Well... This week I have been mostly loving Nigel Mansell's tweets If you don't follow Nigel Mansell on Twitter I recommend you do He's not got the best punctuation in the world And the best tweet was Sorry, I had to take a phone call Could someone tell me what just happened When there was a safety car So 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 in terms of the state of Formula 1 If if Nigel Mantle is terrible tweety And Alan Prost who just tweets very um, Kind of press friendly Tweets Then this week Formula One is uh, (laughs) it's, It's Nigel Mantle going I've just woken up, what happened?
1: Okay so this weekend we have the Japanese Grand Prix Let's talk about what happened last year
2: All I remember from last year is obviously it was that race with that crash Mm. that killed that man. I think Hamilton was about to lead a charge when the safety car came out, so I think Rosberg won. Phil? The actual race, I mean, remember—I just remember it was insanely
3: wet, Mm. um, which which it can be at Suzuka. Go on, enlighten us.
1: Okay, so first Hamilton, second Rosberg and third Vettel. Not that exciting. But
2: we were so close.
1: So what are your predictions for this year? Do
2: you know, it's one of the few tracks privately owned by a company do you know who owns suzuka
3: yes assuming you have no more follow-up questions yes i do
2: (laughs) good would you like to tell the world who owns suzuka no you go ahead honda (laughs) it's honda's private track where all the people who work for Honda get to go to the race and see how well all that money that could have been going to their families has gone. In the worst years of Formula 1 history for Honda was when Honda had their own team doing badly, but now they've partnered with one of the best teams in Formula 1 history. So I can only imagine that Honda will come 17th and did-not-finish.
3: I think it's just as well that the Japanese people are not known for, for worrying about you know their reputation. LAUGHTER that kind of thing, nothing can possibly go wrong i think it's i'm looking forward. To, I always look forward to Suzuka. it's a great track it 's a classic track, changeable weather, and it will be very interesting to see after Singapore, as I say, whether this was a blip or whether whether Ferrari really have suddenly struck gold it 's a high speed circuit got one of the best corners in the f one in 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 one ninety r yeah, It's
2: going to be awesome I'm really looking forward to it But I think, I think the Mercs are going to be back And it's a figure of eight track Which I just love Ever since I was a kid I fucking love that
3: I actually saw something on YouTube uh, People should look this up if they haven't seen it They have a thing in America Where they do proper figure of eight racing But it's not via a bridge They literally just drive across each other <laughs> wow. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen Anyway, I digress uh, They won't be doing that at Suzuka I, I can't imagine But if we're, if we're going for proper predictions mm-hmm. I'm going Hamilton to win Okay are writing this down?
1: Yeah, writing this down. So
3: he'll come back to haunt me. Hamilton's going to win it. Yeah. I'm going to say Rosberg's going to be second. Mm-hmm. And I think
2: Vettel will keep up the charge and he's going to be third.
1: So same as last year?
2: Uh, yes.
1: Okay, Terry?
2: Rosberg to win. Hamilton's going to have another calamity. It's going to bring the championship race right back to breakpoint. Second place will be Vettel, obviously. Okay. Third place will be someone we wouldn't expect. Kvyat
1: on Kvyat. his first podium. Ooh, Okay. And I reckon it is going to be Hamilton first, Vettel, and then Raikkonen. So, no so what
2: do you think is going to happen to Rosberg?
3: I
1: don't know, but I oh. don't think he's going to be in the top three. No.
3: So you think Räikkönen can make it two podiums in a row? Yeah. Do you yeah. reckon that might make him crack a smile?
1: God, no. would <laughs> take a lot more than that. So we'll be back next week. Feel free to tell us how wrong we are by tweeting us at for F one's sake. Until then, goodbye to Phil Tromans.
3: Toodaloo. I'd just like to say we haven't had time to mention Lewis Hamilton's singing voice.
1: Oh. And Terry Saunders.
2: We haven't had a time to talk about Eddie Jordan doing the podium interview dressed... Can I describe as a feature wall?
1: <laughs> and we also haven't spoken about brooms. I am Chiarez. You've been listening to for F ones sake. Bye.
2: Bye. Late.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: So retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History?
1: Well, on Monday it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented.
0: On Tuesday we explain how the tradition of the two minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof.
1: On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding.
0: And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with The Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.